Droppables Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Mike, please sit back and enjoy the show. What are we looking at? It's a Charizard and an Eagles jersey. Wow, that really caught me off guard there. Uh, for <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook of Football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am your host, Ashley. This is my co-host, Michael Duncan. How are you today? I'm great. If you need a good follow on Twitter, it's called Pokemon Wearing Sports Paraphernalia. Uh, and the at is at jays 2 canon they just randomly yeah. post random Pokemon wearing random sports gear. And this one showed up on my feed today. What is he drinking? It's an Eagles Bud Light, Ashley. Oh, okay. I couldn't see it that well. It's, and uh, it's neither got, can our viewers who are uh, listening over got, podcasts. It's got the Super Bowl LII on it because that's the <laughs> okay. one where we won. Gotcha. Okay. Well, the stage is set for our next week, but why don't we go back a little bit? We'll start with what's happened this past week and some news that's gone on. There are... As always, have been a bunch of coaching changes, and same as last week. We're not going to talk about who is requested who because we could sit here for two hours and talk about that. We'll talk about the changes that have already been made. Um, the Titans have decided to hire 49ers director of player personnel Ryan Carthorn as their new GM. The Chargers fire offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. That came amidst rumors about uh brian staley being fired after the epic collapse uh which duncan will tell you about in our next segment yeah the browns have hired jim schwartz as their new defensive coordinator and matt canada whose seat was very very hot and probably still will be will remain as the offensive coordinators of the steelers and my uh, addition to that is in parentheses yuck don't understand that decision i don't think many people do um, our coach that got fired last week, former Arizona Cardinals Cliff Kingsbury, who has since been fired, bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. And amidst being asked if he was going to return and people asking to interview him for other positions, he said no thank you and took his one-way ticket to Thailand. And I don't think we're going to hear from him for a bit. I mean, he got that bag. He and did. He's one year into that contract, so he I don't did. really blame him. He did. Um, he no longer has to babysit Kyler Murray's screen time, so he's gonna um, spend that that all that extra free time he has uh, on a beach in Thailand somewhere. And thankfully, he also doesn't have to coach football. Thankfully for us, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, it's thrilling. Um, and I, I did want to leave a note in here that, d- according to Sean McDermott, Demar Hamlin, who we spoke about last week, who had that serious injury against the Bengals has been in the building almost every day. He's looking uh, to get back into more of a routine. No word right now about football, but just happy. The the team as a whole seems to be extremely excited that he's just back in the building, rightfully so, spending most of his days there rehabbing, getting into a schedule, and uh, just being around his family. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. It's just it a very happy ending to a very... Yes, a very, it could have gone so wrong, and thanks to... um a lot of smart decisions by the Bills and Bengals medical staff and UCMC. Uh, he is still able to go into the facility. It is Absolutely. beautiful. I also had a dream last night that every head coaching vacancy was filled. That is not true. Wow. But I don't know why, but I was waiting for you to tell me who all the head coaches were. <laughs> we don't really have head coaches yet. So nope. still lots of open seats on, on that end. Um, 
I also had a football dream last night. It was about I was just like in the same place as Joe Burrow. That's it. Wow, sounds. We were like in a club. No. Wow. He was far off in the distance. He was singing karaoke or something. Well, good for him. I bet he has a great voice. Yeah. Oh, so we didn't even mention um the man of the people, Trevor Lawrence, who spent his uh, post game at a Waffle House. Love that. I like Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And Zach Taylor, who spent his post game um, doing what he did last year, which says from a lot of luck, which was delivering the game balls to the people of Cincinnati. He goes to a local bar close to the stadium after they play. If they win in the playoffs, he gives that bar the game ball. Yeah. So so I'll say this. Um, I've been very outspoken against Zach mm-hmm. Taylor. I think he's done a much better job this year uh, yep. managing the offense and the team as a whole. Uh, and I am starting to really come around. And yep. like him, especially when he does things like that. It's very hard yep. to not like him. It is. And he's coaching better football. So a hundred percent. Uh so why don't you tell us a little bit about that football? We're gonna get into our 15 second frenzy. It's gonna be a lot quicker overall because we are down to only six games this past week. Um, give us the rules, Duncan. 15 seconds for each matchup. Ashley will tell me when I need to go on to the next matchup. Uh, and I can say whatever the heck I want. Perfect. You ready? I was born ready. Awesome. Three, two, one, go. Jaguars versus Chargers. Doug Peterson's fourth down call was absolutely incredible, and I don't think it's even getting enough attention as to what led to it. And I'll talk a little bit more about about it afterward, but it was awesome. Chargers fired their OC. It should have been Staley that was gone because he blew it, and it was his fault that we didn't have Mike Williams. Uh, Niners versus Seahawks. It was a it was a close game for like a hot mm-hmm. second or a hot half. Uh, then the Niners went back to just kind of playing like the juggernaut that they've been for the last roughly eight weeks. Um, Purdy didn't look particularly good in the first half, and that just goes to show like how good this team is and how deep they are because their quarterback Next. kind of played poorly, and they still won uh, by a sizable margin. Bills versus Dolphins. This game was way closer than it should have been. Also, I don't know what Mike McDaniel was doing on that fourth down call delay of game. Um, mm-hmm. There's a chance that he was high because he may or may not have been smoking a vape on the sideline. Um, good Lord. Oh, my God. That was hard. Next. Uh, Giants versus Vikings. Best Giants game in the season offensively pretty easily. Uh, and I believe it was actually one of the best offensive performances of any offense this entire season uh, mm-hmm. by any team. Uh, but the Vikings are 27th in defensive D- uh, DVOA and 28th in weighted DVOA, defensive DVOA. Uh, Next. Oh, gosh darn it. Bengals yeah. versus Ravens. Tyler Huntley, man, you don't reach for it on a QB sneak when you're out that far. You're almost a full yard away, and it's only third down. If he kept the ball, he would have ended up in the end zone. And that's a 14-point swing in a really, really close game. Um, it's just the wrong call, just an unintelligent play. Low football yeah. IQ play. Next. Um, and then finally, Cowboys versus Buccaneers. It's the only game I got wrong this week, and I was very, very wrong. Um Randy didn't look particularly good. That in- interception he had in the end zone when it was like 12 nothing is one of the worst plays I think I've seen all season. I don't know what was going on. The wide receivers looked like they were in la-la land. And Brady John. looked like he couldn't even get out of bounds. I don't know what's yep. going on. Yep. Do you know that was his um, – well, 15-second frenzy is over, and we're going to spend some time talking about these games before we jump into this upcoming week. Did you know that that was Brady's uh, first red zone – Turn, interception turnover since he was with the Patriots in 2019. That is a shocking step. Right? So we were always watching the game with people and they said the same thing. Like, I feel like I have to fact, like, I don't say, I'm not saying you're lying, but I feel like I have to fact check that one because it is a crazy stat. 
But in the red zone, that's the first time he's turned it over since 2019 with the Patriots. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, I yeah. mean, I'm not surprised if it's going to be any quarterback. I'm not surprised it's Brady because he's just yep. smart and he takes care of the ball. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's going to have that stat, I'm not shocked it's him. But wow, it's incredible that it actually happened. Yeah. Um. So where you, I know there's like two games here, not much to talk about. Why don't we any any thoughts on extra thoughts? I should say on Seahawks Niners. Um, I mean, not really. The Seahawks mm-hmm. they ran out of steam. I, I think everyone kind of saw this coming. It was definitely closer than I think most expected it to be after the first half. But then you know in the second half the Niners took over. The Seahawks just ran out of steam at the end of the season. They weren't good toward the the down the stretch. They were a very very good team, very solid yeah. team at the beginning of the season, and it just they couldn't keep up with it. Um, but they've got to be the only team that's just not that upset, honestly, because this was never supposed to happen to begin with. They still have a top five pick uh, from their trade with Denver. Mm -hmm. And this is just not how it was supposed to go. Um, So honestly, like if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm fine. I'm I'm happy uh, with how it turns out. And I'm looking at the draft and I'm looking at all the game changes that you can get. Um, I think the biggest question is just going to be, what do they do with Geno Smith? Is that is yep. that their is that their choice of quarterback, or are they going to try and grab one of the you know right now there's kind of three guys that are hovering near mm-hmm. the top of the draft boards at quarterback, and then there's the two really really awesome defensive uh, linemen, um, yep. Jalen Carter and I want to say Will Anderson's the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, still learning all their names, but uh, you know they're in a way they're guaranteed one of those guys. Uh, yep. So it's just you know. Do they want Geno Smith? Do they want to start building with a young quarterback now? That's going to be the big decision. Geno Smith said this week that he wants to retire a Seahawk. I don't know how feasible that is, but if he plays like this for the rest of his career, then great. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I do want to say the seventh seed in the playoffs has never won a game. The Dolphins, this is a, a tweet or quote, I should say, from right before this week which said Dolphins and Seahawks are trying to do what's never been done in the NFL playoffs, win a playoff game as a seven seed. Seven seeds before this weekend were 0-6 all-time in the playoffs. The 1982 strike season had eight teams per conference, and the NFL expanded to seven teams slash conference in 2020. So now seven seeds are 0-8 in the playoffs. Yeah, and also they're, uh, the – point differential is very oh. very bad it's like yes negative 100 or something yep. um i don't have that set in front of me but it's very very bad yep um so since we're talking about seven seeds dolphins bills that was we didn't get that one right i mean we got the game right you and i had the same picks last week we both went five and one um that was just a scare by miami which started right before the end of the first half and did not stop until the game clock had zero zero what blows my mind is Skylar Thompson didn't even play well. No, he was playing pretty poorly. He played mm-hmm. exactly how you expected. I don't, I watched that whole game. I sat there watching it with my dad and yeah. I have no clue how the game was that close yeah. other than like the bills just kind of shooting themselves in the foot over and mm-hmm. over and over, which, you know, like I said, that's kind of what scared them, scared yeah. me about them leading yeah. into the playoffs at the end of the season. Josh Allen was making a lot of mistakes. His team had not been playing disciplined, um, you know, game-winning football in the playoffs. And yep. that's, that's what it seemed like. You shouldn't be losing that close to a, a team with their third-string quarterback that's built the way Miami is. You know, San yep. Francisco is one thing, but yeah. Yep. 
Another close game this past weekend was Ravens Bengals, which was closer again than most people predicted in typical wildcard weekend fashion. These games yep. are closer and a lot crazier than you expect. You can imagine them being crazy and they're crazier than they than you could imagine. So this was one that was a lot crazier with no Lamar Jackson. The Ravens make some bonehead moves on the field. Um, one that you mentioned, which was the QB sneak from two yards away by Huntley, who then it was so clearly a turnover who then tried to plead with the judges that he broke the plane and was still about a yard oh away from God. the plane. Yeah. Um, the person who picked it up or got it uh, ended up having to be on oxygen. Yes. Yes. He, yeah, he, he, he had an oxygen mask yards. after. Yep. Because he ran one, almost one of the longest um, like fumble recoveries in NFL playoff history or history. Yep. I'm not quite sure. No, playoff history. Playoff I believe history. it was the third okay. longest in playoff history. Yep. So that was um, something. The Ravens definitely put up a bigger fight than expected. And I think this team does have a future to look forward to, but there are so many question marks with their future. Um, any thoughts on the game as a whole on either side of the ball? I mean, the Bengals didn't really do anything to make me worried about them or impress mm-hmm. me. I, you know, I kind of said, I think I said this last week, like it's a divisional game. It's going to be weird. Like, yeah. It just it's what happens when you're so familiar with a team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was closer. And honestly, if Tyler Huntley didn't do what he did, there's a chance they win that game. Yeah. Um, I, I could harp on that all day because it's just it's 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 the thing where if you had any veteran quarterback in there, they're not doing mm-hmm. that. It's it, your first of all, it's third down. You never reach on third down yep. because you still have another down to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's also just not how you play a quarterback sneak. Um, unless you're like right on top of the goal line. Um, He was a full yard away. This was not in inches. This was one full yard away. And when he reached out, he was still half a yard short. It it was just a very, very dumb play. Honestly. When does the new Heights recent episode podcast come out? Cause I'd love to hear. They talked about it. Okay. I haven't listened. Uh, I haven't listened to today's yet because I would love to hear um, Jason Kelsey talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so one of the things he pointed out is if he had just held the ball and not reach over it, it would yes. have been a touchdown. He ended up in the end zone. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, it just is it, very just poor. Um, but honestly, yeah. what concerns me more about this Ravens team? And, yeah, I've, I've long been um, a John Harbaugh fan. He's from Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he this team has just been always so consistently good. This mm-hmm. is probably the worst I felt about them in a yep. long time because they You've got J.K. Dobbins speaking out after the game. He's pissed that, that he didn't get the ball. There's questions about Greg Roman, their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, which I, I don't think we've heard anything like solid about yet. Um, there's Lamar Jackson and everyone coming out and giving their opinions on him. You've got Mike Vick saying that he should have been playing and that Mike Vick played with a, uh MCL sprain, which is very different than a PCL sprain, yeah. which is what um, Lamar has. And then you've got RG3 saying he did the right thing. I ruined my career because I did it in a playoff I showed game. a picture of it. No, I remember I, I I did not need to see the picture to be reminded of that. Um, I know, that but he vividly. did post it with a picture. Yes, he did. Um, drive the point home. Uh, yeah. And then you just got, we, you and I talked about this privately. I didn't realize there were so many people that thought that he wasn't playing because of his yes. contract or lack thereof. Um, but we, we both know individuals that yeah. do feel that way. And I think that's very stupid. Um, first of all, but this team has a lot of question marks. And for the first time in a very long time, I don't think they have a very clear direction 
in terms of the way their roster is being built, because there are there are legitimate concerns that Lamar Jackson is going to walk in free agency. Yep. And it's not very often that you see a young, M- a literal MVP quarterback mm-hmm. off his rookie deal reach free agency. Um, yep. You just don't see that. And that's maybe what is about to happen. I, I'd still bet against yeah. it, but hey, it's possible. So. Yep. And I think the J.K. Dobbins comments for me were a symptom of a larger issue. Um, and I think that helps paint a fuller picture on kind of what I think just has the Ravens fan base and organization is feeling as a whole, especially because you you made the statement that, you know, if you had a more veteran quarterback in there that mis- that mistake wouldn't happen but you have someone like jk dobbins who do has who does have more experience um just publicly coming out and saying these things and saying i could have come i've been here for years i could have done it and I, like i said i just think it's a symptom that there is something brewing and brewing in this ravens organization and it's either going to turn into something that is a crazy story and is comes out on top or this is the start of a ravens decade of failure yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's do. I don't think I had any more statements on them. Um, I just wanted to double check. Let's talk about Chargers Jaguars. Let's do it. The um, craziest game this week. I think Doug Peterson that. is a god. I'm so angry, and mm. I I hope Fandle hears this because I'm pissed. Uh, so I placed a bet before the game on the Jaguars because I love Doug and I, I I was very confident that they'd win. And you didn't believe me when I said when I texted you this after the game. Um, but I said, would you believe me if I was never worried? I legit there was not a point in time that I thought that the Jaguars weren't going to make it a game. I didn't know if they'd mm-hmm. win after halftime, but I was very determined in the fact that this they weren't going to go out like this. Yeah. Um, and I actually put a bet on the Jaguars to win for very very good odds um very very good money uh at halftime when they were down 27 to 0 uh yeah. or whatever the halftime score was i think it might have been 27 to 7 by that point but i don't know um, three, i think oh okay there we go um and it didn't go through and i didn't realize that until after the game so i was very disappointed yeah. um i probably did something wrong but i'm still pissed at FanDuel. um yeah. but yeah Doug Peterson's awesome. I want to talk in particular about that fourth down call yes. because the, the the series of events that led to it and its success was so cool. So for those of you that weren't watching, this was the, the final drive of the game. Uh, I think they're around the 50 yard line mm-hmm. and they go out there on fourth down and they look like they're getting set up for a QB sneak fourth and yep. one. Um, they get to the line and obviously they had a, they had a kill. So Trevor Lawrence calls the kill. He, he, he he pivots to whatever the backup call was. We don't know what it was. Could have mm-hmm. been a run up the middle. Could have been a pass. Who knows? Uh, they killed the the QB sneak. Doug Peterson hears the kill. Must have immediately realized that whatever their kill call was, was not going to succeed against the defense. Yep. Sprints down the field, calls a timeout. Okay, cool. They go, go to the sideline and then they go back out and they're set up again for the QB sneak. Everyone and their yep. mother is thinking, okay, Doug was like, no, Trevor, we're not, not QB sneaking it. You idiot. Yep. Like, just stay with the QB sneak. Yeah. And then does one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen on that kind of call. Big surprise, Doug Peterson with a big call on fourth down to win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a QB sneak, but it's actually like a, like a, 
it's an outside run to Travis Etienne around the outside, yeah. and there's just no one there because everyone is thinking it's QB sneak. QB he gets sneak. a first down easy. I actually get all he gets a lot of yards to get a very easy field goal set up. Um, mm -hmm. And it was it was just awesome. It was a very ballsy call, um, and I love Doug Peterson for it. I just he's such a good coach, and yep. his the the fact that Trav, uh, the fact that Trevor Lawrence could have four picks in the first half, half of which weren't really his fault. Yep. Um, and he came out slinging it. Doug Peterson was not afraid. Like th this man does not coach afraid. His players don't play afraid, and his yep. team fights for him, and they love him. And I they do. I just I love Doug Peterson. I there was never a doubt in my mind, yeah, uh, up until maybe halftime that they were going to that they weren't going to win this game. They were going to yep. win. I thought it all week, and the fact that they did it like this in the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history is ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is pretty crazy, and we we talk a lot about how these guys are. They're not robots. Like mind games work in this league. Um, you have to do some sort of psyop, and that's what that fourth down uh, felt like. Because you're yeah. set up for QB sneak, you kill it, right? So now the coach calls a timeout, and you're you're on the other side of the ball on the defense thinking, obviously this coach wants what he had. Like you said, you're just going to run the QB sneak. If they would have done – if they if Trevor Lawrence didn't call kill, they would have done the QB sneak. So now he called kill. We're back in the QB sneak. For, he's obviously doing it. Like, he didn't want two Dugs making him. And – that's the mind games that goes on in football. It's not just the trash talk that gets to people. It's just these minor tweaks and adjustments and putting someone in motion that's not normally in motion. And that fourth down call was like written to a T of a way to play mind games on a defense. And it worked out perfectly for them. It was uh, a crazy one. The Jags win over the Chargers was the third time this season that they were trailing by 17 points or more and came back to want to win. It was against the Raiders in week nine and the Cowboys in week 15. Yep. Week 15. So that's the third time they've come back from 17. Deficits. Um, overall, what a win for the Jags. Uh, we have two left to talk about. We can talk about Giants versus Vikings. Any, I'm going to kind of touch on it a little bit more after. Is there anything you want to add before we move on to the last one? Uh, yeah, the Vikings were frauds all season. Frauds. And I don't know, this shouldn't really be surprising to anyone, yep. to be honest. Uh, their defense was hilariously bad for a 13-win season. They were yeah. 28th in weighted DVOA. And weighted DVOA just means that it takes into account the more recent performances, more so than the yep. beginning of the season, to see the growth uh, or you know the opposite of growth uh, as the season goes on. Um, yeah, the Vikings were just hilariously bad. So. Yeah, really, really bad one. Um, and then the last one is the Cowboys Buccaneers. Like you said, this is another one where there's not too too much to talk about, but there is an interesting stat I did um want to mention. The NFL point after average this year is ninety four point six percent. The chances of missing four in a row are point zero 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 eight percent, or one hundred and twenty five thousand to one. And if you bet on that, congratulations, you're a millionaire because Brent Maher missed four in a row, four point afters in a row. Um, he's just lucky that this wasn't a close game because that would come back to bite him so bad. They kept letting him try. Everyone's sitting here, go, go for two, go for two. The coach is on the sideline. If you could barely, if you didn't know how to read lips, you could still read his lips because he's over there. There's coaches on the sidelines cursing. Dak Prescott's throwing his helmet yelling why don't we just go for two it was a total disaster um on on that 
front. The Cowboys do plan to stick with Maher, but plan to sign Tristan Vizcano. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. To the yeah, to the practice squad and are using the word insurance. So they're putting him on the practice squad as insurance um, if this comes down to a close game and they need to actually kick it and they don't feel comfortable putting it in Maher's feet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agreed with keeping continuing to let him kick. Yeah. Because I think I'd rather him go one and five than 0 and four. Yep. I mean, it sounds obvious, but like, I'd rather just let him see it go. Like it's it's like with a basket, like a three a streaky three point shooter. Sometimes you yep. just got to see it go through the hoop once, even if it's a free throw, and that yep. fixes it. I just wanted to see him go put it through the uprights and. Yep. Hopefully that fixes it. But that was yep. hilarious to watch. It didn't matter at all. No. But it was really funny to watch. It was also really hilarious watching Peyton and Eli's reaction to every last one of them because we had our last Manning cast of the season. Um, On the third missed one, Peyton got up, walked out of frame, and almost threw his football at the TV. Um, It was pretty entertaining. But... Yeah, it was fun. The one comment I saw online, which I kind of, that kind of like sat with, I've sat with and and kind of sticks with me, is the Dak Prescott throwing his helmet and cursing and having outrage on the sideline. Obviously, you're upset if your kicker is missing extra points after you're scoring touchdowns. But this tweet said, "Where was this outrage from Maher when Dak Prescott was throwing five interceptions a game?" That sucks. Da- yeah, I don't like. Um, that. No, so. I agree with that, and that's just something I wanted to to leave there because I thought it was a, a very interesting point. Yeah, it's not like it's a close game, dude. Like, no. I, I get it. Be upset. That's fine. Yeah. That level of upset is completely and incom- totally ridiculous. Come on. Yep. Like, come on. Yeah. Just We didn't mention the level of outrage from Joey Bosa. Oh. Uh, I, did, you know, do you understand why he didn't get ejected? Because I don't. No. He had two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Yeah. Um, um I don't understand why but he's yeah. got the half down. Yep. He at one point it was during one of those penalties he was talking with the ref. He says the race the ref chased after him uh to give him a penalty or whatever. He threw his helmet like so hard to the ground that it probably left dent on the ground. And then Staley picked it up and tried to hand it back to him. Uh he took it out of Staley's hands and then threw it on the ground again. So Joey Bosa was uh having an emotional night. Sorry, I'm looking. I'm trying to see if I can figure out why he didn't get ejected. Yeah. Well, um, while you do that, I'll start transitioning into our divisional matchups. Um, some notes before we jump into it. Oh, let, let's. There's two more things I want to talk about first. Um, one is that we still have not seen the new overtime rules in action. The start of wildcard weekend was when the new overtime rules were enacted and and put into motion where it guarantees both teams will have be able to touch the ball in a overtime situation um it's still up for just still up for grabs if we're gonna be able to see it this this season this postseason um but we still haven't seen it yet and it's intriguing because we want all want to see how it works out but the only other one while you're still looking for that that i wanted to mention is the expedited review that the NFL was rolling out this past week. Um, it worked to a T in my, in my opinion, it didn't hinder the flow of the game. They were able to adjust calls that were called that shouldn't have. Um, and overall I felt like it gave the refs accountability more than we've seen in the past because they had somebody else quickly monitoring what they were doing and making sure that the right call was on the field. Um, and we didn't have situations where a lot of teams can look back and be like, that one wrong call 
cost us this. I think expedited review is helping do away with that. And I really hope it sticks around for at, at least at this capacity for a while, because this is, I think, a great way to do it. I agree. I, I actually I, I couldn't find an answer, by the way, but um, I do. I do agree that expedited review is something that I was pleasantly surprised by this weekend. Yes. Um, I think they just need to. Die, I would dial it up to 100 immediately. Yeah. I just. Just yeah. dial, I, the, look, I love the XFL. Everyone knows that mm -hmm. uh, season two coming soon. Uh, technically season three. But mm -hmm. um, one thing they did really well was the refing reviews like they yeah. made it very easy for everyone at home to see and hear what was happening and being discussed. Yeah. And it was always quick and it was not bad TV. Unlike the NFL is every time there's any penalty or non-penalty. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to mention with Joey Bosa, um, I think it's hilarious that he got so angry over a false start, not being called mm -hmm. uh, because it literally happens all the time. Yeah. Like it's yeah. one of the, it, it's, it's stupid, but also there's certain things in football that just aren't called. Yes, and, and when... that happens too because when the ref is looking at the ball, he has to look at the ball, look up at the play clock to see yeah, zero, the and then look back down at the ball in order to call yeah. it a delay game. Um, so and the same thing with false start. Like they have to. There's so much going on; it doesn't get called all the time. Well, with the false starts, it's like it's not like these blatantly obvious ones. It's the ones that yes. are like two frames prior to the ball. Like yes. it's it's basically so good, it's almost impossible to like call it. Uh, yep. The Eagles have had a tackle doing that for the past decade and a half. Uh, first with Jason Peters, now with Lane Johnson. Um, if you're good at it, you you're good at it, and it doesn't get called, and yep. it is what it is. It's so. like in Mario Kart when you uh, you just say you said Mario. Yes, I. It's you Mario. Yell, you yell at me all the time. That's because Mario isn't his name. It's how I say it. Um, no, that's it's the wrong way to say it. Okay, in Mario Kart. Thank you. Um, when you hit the go, but the accelerate button, I'm like 2.5 and it's, you just get off just a, a smidge faster than everyone else. You don't wait till three, you know, it's that. And it's as long as you're good at it, you Mario, really good. Mario, see, Not, pretty good it's a me, Mario. That sounds stupid. <laughs> anyway. One of them is his name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Jeez. one of my big, you sound like a middle-aged mother. No, I don't. It's like, oh, you get that new Mario game. It's like, oh, I got, I got you the Mario and they hand you like. Pikmin 3? I don't... I, I'm playing Pikmin. I don't know. Okay. It pisses me off. Either way, let's transition into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So, two quick fun facts here. All eight starting quarterbacks in the divisional round this year are under the age of 30. That is the first time it has happened since the 2004-2005 season. Um, and it helps to kind of rein in this idea that this is a new era of football. And a lot of these older guys are going to have to keep contending with these young guys because all under the age of 30 here. And there are the three NFC East teams who made the playoffs are now the three out of four teams remaining in the NFC. The odd, the outlier being the Niners. Um, and this hasn't happened, I believe since, since they moved to four divisions yes, per conference. There we go. Perfect. Um, all right. So I, I know what we're waiting for. What everyone's waiting for is the Giants Eagles preview from us, but we're, we're going to keep that one for last. So why don't we start? You know what you pick, pick one. Uh, let's start with the, let's start. Uh, let's go backwards actually. Okay. We're doing backwards. Uh, let's do uh, Cowboys at Niners. All right. Perfect. So the Cowboys current Super Bowl odds are at plus 850 and the Niners current Super Bowl odds are at plus 450. This game will be at 630 Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. It's going to be broadcast at Fox from the Niners Stadium. 
The spread is that San Francisco is four point favorites and the over under is 46. Um, what I, what we're kind of going to take a little bit from what we did last week. We're going to talk about some weaknesses and their key to success, but give us your general idea on how this matchup's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, no, I'm not surprised that the line isn't bigger because I think yeah. these outside of the Eagles, I think these are the two best teams in the NFC. Um, I think it was always going to come down to one of these two versus the Eagles in the NFC championship game. Um, that's still my thought, but that's what I thought mm-hmm. before the playoffs even started. Um, but really, it feels weird to say because one of them has like, I think the weaknesses on both teams, to be honest, is probably the quarterback. Like Dak had a great yeah. week last week, and that's awesome. He was god awful the end of the season. He yeah. was just not good. He threw way too many turnovers. He missed and, five weeks and was the had yeah. the most turnovers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and to go along with that, like Tampa Bay, uh, their defense was 25th in weighted DVOA. So toward the end mm-hmm. of the season, like they 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 were banged up. They were not good. Like it was not. It's, it's not impressive yeah. that Dak did what he did against a team that like uh, Ben, yeah. Ben Solak, who is a former yes. Eagles writer. He writes for yep. the ringer the now. Ringer, um, ringer. Yeah. Um, I think he, he put it very intelligently in a tweet, which was mm-hmm. uh, something that I feel like is being overlooked prior to this Cowboys or prior to the Cowboys and Buccaneers game was that the Cowboys have been a very good team all season and the Buccaneers have been a very bad team all season. Yes, that's accurate. And I was one of those people that said I thought the Bucks were going to win. But yep, that is so a very I. simple way of putting it. The Cowboys were a very good team all season and the Bucks weren't. The Cowboys should yep. have won that game in decisive fashion. That's what it should have been. This is not that game anymore. Yep. Um, Brock Purdy is now going to have to play a real, real defense. One of the yes. best defenses in the league. Um, and, mm. you know, the Seahawks are decent. They were not, a, you know, they're not a top 10 defense. Dallas is a top 10 defense and they have been all season. Yeah. Um, and Dak Dallas is- has the most takeovers uh, on, you know, on defense takeaways, Take- sorry, takeaways, not turn. I, <laughs> I was we playing kidding. like NFL street or something. No, I was, um, I, I combined two words, but most takeaway, the Cowboys defense had the most takeaways this season. Yeah. And the, like, this is when the, the test really starts for me for Brock Purdy, yeah. because he's a seventh round rookie quarterback playing in the postseason, yeah. And he can afford to play somewhat poorly against a team like uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think he yep. can afford to do it either this week or next week. If he plays the Eagles against another really, really good defense that is going to mm-hmm. take advantage of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I honestly, I think the, the weaknesses on both are first and foremost, Dak and Brock Purdy um, yep. Dak, because he just has, he just hasn't been good this season and he hasn't been able to get comfortable in the pocket. And I think that, I mean, Nick Bosa is incredible and the Cowboys offensive line is not. That's a major mis- mismatch right there. And Nick Bosa yeah. should make life hell for Dak this week. Um, and I think if the Cowboys want to win, they need to get to Brock Purdy and they need to get him under pressure, which the Seahawks weren't. Re- they were able to do it somewhat, but not really to the extent that the Cowboys should be able to. And if Brock Purdy plays how he did last week against a much better defense, the Cowboys stand a chance. Yes. So um, I kept with you. I think Brock Purdy got a little bit more credit than he was due this past week because they called um, a lot of his risky throws as really great throws. You know, he threaded that needle. He was very accurate. There was the one um, longer throw where he threw it into double coverage, and that was luck. Like, there, it's, a lot of football comes down to luck, and yes, he was accurate, but it was an incredibly risky throw. So I think some of these risky throws are getting 
lumped in with the, you know, he's just so smart and just so good when I think some of them are just really risky, really lucky plays. And he was and not accurate not... the majority of yes uh, no. this past weekend. Yes. In a lot um, of accurate throws. Exactly. So I, I do want to just point out that, yes, he this is not me putting down Brock Purdy. It's just that I think we have to really analyze his gameplay to say, you know, he has to play smart football because against a Cowboys defense, playing fast and loose is your key to losing that that's the best way to put it um and for me the the only other weakness i had for the cowboys is their run defense against someone like christian mccaffrey and this incredibly dynamic niners offense who they would throw george kittle in rushing if they wanted to um having a run defense that has allowed uh 125 rushing yards per game um, which is very low. What was the exact 22nd in the NFL this year? I think that run defense is going to be something the Niners are going to try and target, especially because both of these defenses are just so good. For, so finding any way to exploit it is your key to success. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. So we will go into our Sunday earlier slate game. Oh, wait, we didn't pick our, our winners. Who's your winner? Niners. Niners. Mm, I agree. All right. So our Sunday early afternoon game is the Bengals at the Bills at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time being broadcast on CBS. The Bengals current Super Bowl odds are at plus 750 and the Bills current Super Bowl odds are at plus 330. The line is that Buffalo is favored at five and a half points and the over under is 48. What are your thoughts, Mr. Duncan? Uh, my first thought is that I feel like the Bengals are a pretty decent bet right now to make the Super Bowl plus seven. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have expected them to have a higher odds, yep. but um, yeah, I mean, I really like the Bills. I, I'm a closeted mm -hmm. Bills fan. I always have been. Yep. Um, Josh Allen, he just hasn't been good. Uh, he's been he's been good. He hasn't been great. He hasn't. He's yep. been not good for him. And that's there's a distinction there. There's a line. He's an elite tier quarterback in the NFL, but he has not been playing like that. Um, or at least that's not what it feels like. I mean, sometimes he just he makes these throws and it's just like, wow, holy crap. You know, yeah. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis occasionally. But yeah. I just don't know if that's going to be enough this week against a Bengals team that is going to be able to keep up with them. And their defense yeah. has been pretty good um, uh, through you know, this season a little off and on, but, um, mm. you know, they're 11th in weighted DVOA and 11th in DVOA, DVOA. They've been very consistent the whole season. Um, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's tough for me because I really like this bills team and they just haven't been playing up to my expectations. Yep. And that makes it hard to confidently pick them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but then again, their, their defense has been solid. Uh, they've been very solid. Not as good as they were last year, um, but still like pretty good. A little worse off at the end of the season, um, and I think they're going to need to be able to pressure the quarterback. They're going to need to. They're going to need to be able to get after Joe Burrow and take advantage of their banged up offensive line if they want to win this game. So, I think that's. I agree with you. And not turning I... the ball over and giving Joe Burrow more chances. Exactly. Um, yeah, for me, the Bengals' weakness lies within that offensive line. Um, you know, the Bills pass rush will always be a little bit scary. Um, so I just don't know how that offensive line is going to hold up. And I know that offensive line and Joe Burrow have adapted to it. I mean, compared to the start of this season, the entirety of last season, it's better than it looks. But going up a uh, Bengals, uh, a Bills team that 
has some stars, it, it that's going to be the the key thing to watch for me is seeing that Joe Burrow is having enough time to throw it long, which is, you know, goes hand in hand with the Bills' weakness is that one of their weaknesses is the secondary. The secondary allowed way too much to happen in the game against the Dolphins. So if the Bengals can stiffen up their offensive line a little bit and give Joe Burrow a little bit of time, he can exploit that weakness of the bills and like you said i think it's just josh allen's turn i think this game is going to come down to a turnover it's i don't know who i I, I really don't have one that i want to win i i am like you i do love the bills i love the story um and this is going to be an emotional game for them this is the team they played when demar hamlin went down and needed cpr on the field um but I don't, I don't know that at this point I can fully trust Josh, Josh Allen. He has made, regressed a little bit, um, and the turnovers have been pretty deadly for that team this year. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals. That's what I'm leaning. That I, I don't know. I think... I want to be wrong, but I'm going to pick the Bengals. Yeah. I want to win. I think that's what I'm going to go with too. I think the Bills may do it, but that genuinely that's the one I didn't have an answer for. Um, the other ones I had picked, but this is the one I don't have an answer for. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think the spread does reflect it uh, pretty good. I think the spread has it right. Um, and I'm going to go with the Bengals. Crazy. But all right, let's talk about our Saturday early matchup, which is at 4.30 and being broadcast on NBC. And that would be the Jaguars- heading to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. The Jaguars Super Bowl odds are at plus 3,300. The Chiefs Super Bowl odds are the best at plus 300. The line has Kansas City as 8.5 point favorites, and the over-under is at 53. The Chiefs did play the Jags earlier in the season. at 12, The final score was 27-17, to 17, and at the time they met, the Jaguars had only had three wins all season. Um, so they, these are very different teams than what we saw when they had their last matchup. But you want to jump in and tell us a little bit what what you're thinking? Um, yeah, I mean, I love Doug Peterson and I love mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Um, Do you want to read that quote I put in there? Yeah. Uh, so it's a uh, this was Doug uh, this this past you know after the game. Uh, whether it's house money or our money, we're here, and he's right. Mm -hmm. They are here. Um, and if I'm gonna pick, if I'm gonna bet on any team to make a miracle run to the Super Bowl, it's probably the Jaguars. That being said, mm -hmm. I don't expect them to win this game. No. Um, their defense is just at the end of the day, it's not really that good um yep. and i think you can get away with it a little bit with the chargers and first of all they were banged up and second yep. of all they just haven't been a great offense comparatively to probably what they should have been this season um mm -hmm. the chiefs you cannot say that about um because they have been the number one offensive dvoa now and they have the number one weighted which means yep. even recently uh so yeah that's a matchup in kansas city's favor not to mention that they have patrick mahomes at quarterback that's another matchup in yeah kansas city's favor um i mean kansas city's defense has been about league average this season yep uh nothing spectacular i, th I think it's going to be a shootout yes i think the Jags are going to keep it close maybe they cover uh the eight and a half uh but i i'm going to take kansas city um, because first of all, if Trevor Lawrence has the turnover problems that he did last week, yep. you're giving Patrick Mahomes too many opportunities. Yep. And yeah, it just comes down to that defense. And I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Mahomes. Yep. And I did want to point out, we, you and I had talked about this pre-show is that in the four seasons that Andy Reid has had Mahomes as his starting quarterback, they have not, they have made the AFC championship 
at the minimum, you know, the Super Bowl after that. The, there are whatever. so many easier ways you could have said that. Yeah, I, I swear to God, you picked I the most don't know how that happened because I have it written right, but my show sheet, yeah. is, it was, I wasn't on my show sheet when I started talking about it. Um, but yeah, so the, the, he, they, every time Mahomes has been starting, they reach at least the AFC championship. So much he's a star. I think it's just the best way to put it. Yes. I think he's really hard to beat. Um, and keeping the turnovers to a minimum or how the Jags are going to take a stand. Um, the chief's weakness, like you said, is the defense. They they've been average at best and at times worse. So they just, I, the defense is nothing to look and be happy about. And against a team with Doug Peterson leading it and someone like Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, Oh, and Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday. Forgot yeah, about that. I know. And this is a Saturday I... game. Mm, oh, forgot about that. An, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Yeah. I, someone pointed that out to me before the game on yes, Saturday. on the last Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. So he has not lost on a Saturday in his. So career. one of two streaks will be broken: Patrick yep. Mahomes making the AFC Championship or Trevor Lawrence never losing on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, I do want to say the Jags defense has only allowed an average of 16.3 points per game over the last three games. So there, the Jags defense has been better. They've been I stepping it up. On paper, I should say they've I, been doing better. I don't even think that's true. I mean, their weighted DVOA is still terrible. And look at their opponents. They have the Titans with Josh Dobbs starting. They yeah, have the Texans listen. and they have the Jets. And then the week before that, like that that was the three weeks. Yeah. Uh, or with the Chargers, and then you which they gave up 30 points. They gave up 34 to the Cowboys the week before that, 22 to the Titans, 40 to the Lions, 27 to the Ravens, 27 to the Chiefs. Like yeah, and that's the context behind it, which is what I was going to say. It, it was not a lot. It wasn't powerhouse heavy teams. So I think they're going to be able to take some points away from Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them the win. Um, I would love to see this Jaguars team go further than this round, but I don't think they escape it. No, and I think, I mean, Doug Peterson said it. I think it is house money. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was able to take a team that was the, had the number one overall pick for two years in a row. Yep. to then make it to the second round of the playoffs is incredible in itself. So Yeah, I can't wait to do a, like a postseason debrief on this Jaguars team because we hyped them up a lot more than most the decisions that the owners, Doug Peterson, Chad Khan, made at the beginning of the season. I'm excited to do a debrief on this team and talk about what went right here. I just want to talk about Doug. I know. I love Um Doug. And speaking about house money, another one that people are, are saying is playing with house money, that is the New York Giants who are heading to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. That will be at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time broadcast on Fox. What? That's a mistake by the NFL, man. Yeah. That Why would just... you do that? Yeah. On a Saturday night in Philly, you are daring an entire city to drink for 12 hours yeah. before the game starts. Why would you yeah. do that? They don't yeah. even have to go to work the next day. Yep. Against a division rival. Why? I don't know why you do it. It's... It's what and a division rival that will also is within a like an hour driving distance. <laughs> like so you're getting everyone and you're you're booking it at eight fifteen on Saturday. So if there's ever gonna be a day where you're gonna get a lot of bad stories to ruin Philadelphia's reputation, it's, it's gonna be this weekend because yep. you're right. This isn't the Niners that are they have to fly across the country. Like if Giants fans yep. want to go to this game, they will. They're going to. They're not gonna yep. take over, but there's gonna be enough yes. of them for people to get in fights with. 
Yep, and they're going to exactly. be drinking for 12 hours. Yep, oh, and God. Brian Dayball did have something to say about that. He was asked in his in his presser today if he could, you know, describe what going into Philadelphia feels like, and he only gave us a one word answer, which was hostile. He expects it to be a hostile environment. Do you, do you think? Uh, do you think other head coaches get asked that about other stadiums, or is it just Philadelphia? Um, I think like oh, maybe like a division rival here and there, but it's probably mostly about Philadelphia. I hate the media. Yeah. Either way, the Giants' current Super Bowl odds are at plus 2,500. The Eagles' current Super Bowl odds are at plus 500. The spread has been moving around a little bit, but at the time of writing the show sheet, which was this morning, the Eagles were seven and a half point favorites, and the over-under is slated at 48 and a half. How do you want to do this? Because I know we both have so much to, Wait, to talk where, where is the, Where is the half? What? Oh, I don't... I was reading it wrong. 48 is the over-under. My apologies. I was still looking at the um the spread. How do, you, how do you read? I don't know. Fast. Like I'm like just sitting here staring at it, looking for this point, this half point that you got from somewhere. I read too fast and then I threw the 48 the half onto the 48. Yes. Either 40. way. Either way, for those who are are um, you know, just starting to be fans of the Intrapables playbook, I am a born and bred. New York Giants fan and Duncan is a Philadelphia fan. Gross through and through. I'm not the one who said I was born and bred. That's the same thing. uh, Born and raised, whatever. Yeah. And you're calling me gross. No. Well, you just, no, you said ew. Yeah. Ew. Philadelphia. Anyway, how do you want to go about this? I know we both have a lot to talk about here. Uh, I mean, the over under is the same amount of points that the Eagles put up alone against their first matchup against the Giants this season, 48. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Yeah, very fun. Um, I do want to point out that neither of our um, – who was out that game because I had it written down. I know that Xavier McKinney and Dory Jackson did not play in either game against the Eagles. I think that is a, a big thing to note, that the defense was definitely not firing on all cylinders with two of their stars out. So – just go That's ahead and just you, you you purposely hid your notes away from me so i did you're excited about. i did just, i'm so ahead. excited um listen i'm just i'm pumped about this team i think it's another one that you could you could steal doug peterson's quote for this giants team wasn't expected to be here and here they are um they've been through a lot over the past decade and seeing this team make a turnaround like this in one season was incredible um yeah the giants huge win against the Vikings. They held Justin Jefferson to 47 yards, which I think is a good sign going into Philadelphia. Um, having two star receivers there, it is definitely different than just having a Jefferson on a team. Um, but the defense was working. They were, and the offense is what I was the, the star of the show. They giant staff schemed to the strengths of this team, to the talent that this team has. Um, they let DJ run it when he had no options instead of forcing it like he used to. They got the ball out quick, and it worked. The Giants had a 100% series conversion rate when they started with a pass. A series conversion rate is a rate at which the series starts on first downs and earns another first down or a touchdown in that series. When they passed first, it was 100%. When they ran first, it was 76.8, so 90.3% completion. Uh, no, what was a series conversion rate? The team, the players are playing for each other. I think it's really cool to see what's been going on in that locker room. Kenny Galladay, his block, fantastic. They're saying you can't catch a pass, but you can still go out on that field and block. That last game made me feel a lot more confident going into this week. 
is a very fast-paced, high-powered offense, and dug into their bag of tricks. No look passes from Daniel Jones, which usually just means he doesn't look downfield and just throws it to the other team. But this is more of a I'm Patrick Mahomes no look throw type throws from him. They pulled out a Statue of Liberty play call. I love this Giants team. Do you think they're going to win? Yes. I was wondering if you'd have the courage to actually say that. Yes, I do. No, they're going to lose. I'm not okay. even worried. Okay. Giants going to win. The Giants, Stevie OA, uh, waited for defense 29th. Mm-hmm. And that's including, uh, that is including the uh, postseason. Uh, they're not good on defense. They're just, they're not very good. And if Jalen Hurts even looks like sort of, a healthy version of himself, it's not going to be close. Um, the part that's scary, I guess, is the Giants' offense, which has been better. Mm-hmm. Their receivers are playing in the positions that they should be playing in. Um, like, it's just, you know, they're playing in positions that make sense, and Brian Dable's using them correctly. He's putting them in mm-hmm. positions to succeed. Saquon Barkley's great. Uh, Daniel Jones has been playing very well. Uh, but this is not the Vikings' defense. Uh, the Vikings... So, it's another Ben Solak thing. Um We've talked a lot about how the Giants do not have a lot of talent on their roster. And I agree. They don't. Um, Brian Dable has been doing an incredible job. Uh, If you look at the Giants offense versus the Vikings defense, and you said, what is the talent level of both of those? It's not even close. The Giants are more talented. That's Mm -hmm. how bad the Vikings defense is. So if Daniel Jones wants to go out there and look like vanilla Vic against that defense, that's great. We just put up 70 sacks in a season, which is the third most all time and the most in the NFL. We have four 10 sack players. Um, we have two cornerbacks that are, I think one of them made the all pro list and the other, I think Bradbury actually made the all pro list. Yeah. Bradbury made second team all pro Darius Slay made the, the players all pro. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson's back. The only downside is we're going to not have Avante Maddox. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. This defense is just about as polar opposite as you can possibly get. Uh, the one thing I will say that I think is in the giants advantage is the fact that Daniel Jones and that offense, uh, they don't have an issue taking what the defense gives them. So yep. if Jonathan Gannon chooses to do what he does sometimes, which is let players complete 90% of their passes against them as they dink and dunk their way down the field, the giants are, Totally okay with doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from the defensive side of the ball, it depends on how Jonathan Gannon wants to play it. But at the very least, your offensive line might be better than it's been in a while, but it's still not good. Evan Neal is yep. terrible. And who's your left tackle? I'm blanking. Andrew Thomas. Andrew. I knew it was Andrew something. I wanted to say Whitworth, but that's I knew that wasn't right. Yes. Um, Andrew Thomas. Uh, did he make the All Pro? I believe so. Yeah, he had a really good season. Uh, yes. Josh Sweat made him look like he was a college player. When they played in whatever week that was, um, not week 18. The defense has so much talent. And then I haven't even started on the offense. Um, Jalen Hurts is not 100%. That's going nope. to be a thing. Lane Johnson is not 100%. Um, that is scary. Lane Johnson not being 100% is very scary because he's the best, I think, tackle in all of football. Mm-hmm. And he has been for about two seasons. Um and that's going to be the big question is what they do about Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, what Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Well, Dexter Sexy Lawrence. Dexy. well, that's Jason Kelsey. Um, yeah. Who so, is now okay. a five time all pro. Um, 
Dexter Lawrence is really good. He had an all-pro season. I'm just not that worried about him because we have Jason Kelsey okay. and we have Landon Dickerson. Um, and if Jalen Hurts can run, I, it's not going to be close because Wink Martindale, there's not a lot he can do because of the lack mm-hmm. of talent. Uh, I'm not worried about the cornerback position because with Justin Jefferson, what they were doing a lot of is they were they were kind of sticking a safety on him to start the play while also having a man cover him. Like they were, they the were announcers like to call it bracketing. They were bracketing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they bracketed, they did some other more creative stuff, which I think was mm-hmm. actually really interesting. Um, you can't do that against the Eagles. You just, mm-hmm. you can't, because if you do it to AJ Brown, Devonte Smith will destroy you. Yes. I can't imagine you'd want to do it to Devonte Smith because then you have AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to somehow take both of them out of the equation, Oh, look, it's Dallas Goddard. Um, mm-hmm. You've got Quez Watkins and you've got the running game. Uh, if you're playing a zone to have eyes on Jalen Hurts, then you're going to have guys that are finding the holes in the zone. If you're playing man, then Jalen Hurts can kill you with his legs. The way the Giants win the game is if Jalen Hurts is not healthy and he doesn't look healthy. He didn't play like he was healthy in week 18. And I think part of that was by design. If he goes out there and they are not able to use the RPO running game and they're not able mm-hmm. to use his legs in the way that he has most of the season, like, playing through pain or not, if they can't use him like that, then the Eagles offense is going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, they can still win because he's been a much better passer, but that's the scary thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think both teams definitely have a lot of weaknesses that the other matches up really well with, you know, having a player like Evan Neal, the Eagles have an answer for that. And like you said, divisional games are weird. You know, the teams way more than you would know anyone else playing. Um, I just, I, I do think the Giants walk away with this one. And it, that is a lot coming from me being a Giants fan. I will admit to that. Like, I know this Eagles team is good. This Eagles team is scary. It's not someone I want to play, let alone play in Philadelphia. Um, oh, everyone... wait, I have a few more stats. Sorry. Okay. Um, 24 of the last 30 matchups yeah. have been Eagles wins. We are currently I haven't on won nine... in Philadelphia since 2013. I'm, not, I, I'm talking. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I was talking. You cut me off for your set. Well, yes, I yeah, I am. <laughs> Double um, standard, man. I'll I'll mute you. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can cut you off. I can just take you off the okay. program. Uh, and no, I cut you off because I didn't want to get too far away with it and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, a nine-game home win streak. Uh, it's been ten games since the last time you won in Philadelphia. This will be your third straight road game, which are notoriously very, 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 very bad for winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're also on a short week, you know, six, six day week, whereas the Eagles have had a full week of rest. Giants have the vibes, man. And the Eagles don't. No. You, you've seen Jalen Hurts, right? I have. And Giants you've have loved him all season. Uh, I have. Look, have I, I was with you on the vibes until Kayvon Thibodeau was doing. Giants have the vibe. They um, I, do, no, I have hold on, hold on, hold you. on, hold on, hold on. You need to be real with yourself for a second. The Giants' vibes are not significantly better than the Eagles' vibes. I don't even know if they're better. I think they are. I think you're. I think you're lying to yourself. Okay, let me okay. be delusional. I don't care. You are delusional. Okay, <laughs> okay. as long as you know, that's all. That by me. Um, I do have some fun facts here. The one I mentioned last week. Um, since '97, I think the Giants win one game. They. If they win the first game, they end up going to the Super Bowl. I also really love the stat that in the New York, in six games against number one seed, the Giants, since the playoffs restructuring in 1990, the Giants are a perfect 6-0. and uh, That six-game win streak versus the number one is the longest by any franchise in the NFL since the NFL began seeding the playoff teams in 1975. Um, so that's my stat for you. So your 2013 stupid stat. What? Oh, I didn't refer to it as 2013. 
every time the Eagles have won 13 games, they've gone to the Super Bowl. So one of those okay. is going to give. Okay. What is wrong with you? I can't. Nothing. The, 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 the Giants are going to win. Okay. I. I what's your final score prediction? Uh, 38 to 7. Wow. Interesting. I think it's a little bit more low scoring than people are expecting. Um, I think the Giants are end up winning it on like a pick six at the end of the game. It's bold. It is. I I may be wrong, and I don't care. It's either way. Like I'll, I'll I will put Doug Peterson's quote on my wall. I didn't expect this team to be here. So do I think it's gonna win? Yes. Um. But, you were about to say no. You don't start that sentence and say, do I think no, they're going to yes. win? Yes. Yes. No, that's not how that sentence works. But if, okay. But if, but they, if don't. they don't, this team has so much to be proud of. And obviously I'll be upset with the outcome, but Taking happy with how this victory. season went for them. I'll take your real victory too, because they're going to win. Okay. Okay. Either way, Duncan, we are at our time limit. We actually moved really good timing. Uh, why don't we tell you tell the people where they can find you? I'll be happy next Sunday. Okay. Okay. That's all. You can find me That's on Twitter. It? Everywhere okay. else, I don't care. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's and Ashley. Um, not in Philadelphia this time. I would never go there during this game. Eli Manning's going. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good luck, Eli. Um, one of the one of the Giants players said he wasn't allowing his mom to go because he yep. said that she would like talk back to the Eagles fans and it wasn't going to be good for her. Um, either way, you can catch us here live 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next week or wherever you listen to your podcasts the next day. You can find me, Duncan, and all of the Undroppables crew at the by becoming a patron and getting access to our premium Discord channels on the Undroppables. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Undroppables. I'm a mess today. Um, that said... I look forward to a very exciting weekend of football and we will see you all next Wednesday. Bye everyone. Bye. I don't have the thing pulled up. <laughs> okay. Go birds. Thrilling. No.